This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Uh, yes. Good evening or day or afternoon, wherever you may be. I hope you're having the time of your life. Nice intro. <laughs> Just... His name is Jesse, by the way. Oh, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Like, oh. uh, in my head, I like, I pulled that out and I was like, oh, yeah, all right. That was pretty good. But I guess <laughs> Chris had to ruin it. Part of an introduction is actually introducing yourself. There you go. Well, welcome to the premier geology podcast, the geology flannel cast. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thanks for stopping by this week. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Hope everyone's having a splendid day. We are uh, about one week away from the winter solstice as of the recording of this podcast. Yeah, oh, man. Boy, that's exciting. I, you going to do anything for it? For the old winter solstice holiday? Yeah. You're gonna, I don't know, Same thing I do every night, running around naked in my yard. <laughs> yeah. Again. <laughs> Until the neighbors call the cops again. <laughs> it's the solstice somewhere. Is that what you say? <laughs> Something <laughs> I don't think how it works, but <laughs> nope, it's not the like solstice on hours. Venus. <laughs> I do, I do, I did this in the summertime, and I, I recommend it. the The solstice to me is always interesting because the sun stands still. You know, that's what solstice means, right? Sol being our sun. Um, and so you go out and you look at it. Oh, and how about that? It doesn't change where it is in the horizon. And actually, it, it doesn't change much for the next few days. But I always like going out and just taking a taking a gander at where it's at in the horizon. And it just kind of basically stays put at that spot. What's the day in Manhattan? They call it like the Manhattan Stonehenge or whatever. Yeah, like Manhattan Henge. Manhattan Henge. I think, I think it is. Um, it, it's in October. Nope, I was way off. May 29th. <laughs> <clears throat> um, in, in 2022, it'll be... Oh, whoa, wow. 2022, it'll be January 11th and 12th. You want to meet up and check yeah, it out? Yeah, let's do it. It's, it's a few weeks from now. Uh, please enlighten me. What is Manhattan Hinge? Just, uh, I don't know. It's the, the sun. Was it the sun sets between like the uh, city block? Yeah, it like lines up perfectly with the the block, so it comes in between, um, uh, uh, like, like the buildings runs down like Madison Avenue or something. Yeah, it, I'm trying to see what street it is. Um, yeah. Anyway, cool. um, oh, it looks pretty. Forty Forty First and Fifth Avenue. Yeah, that's where All I grew right. up. That is not where you grew up. Right on that corner. No, I've never, I've never left Delco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Charlie from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I've never left the city. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, so today we are talking about running water on the planet. So which planet? What? This planet. This one, Earth. Mm. Yeah, how to yeah specify specify. Uh, how do we how do we get this topic today? What happened? How do we? Well, get one of the 
wonderful, fun little things that our Patreons get to do every once in a while is actually choose a topic. Sometimes they can submit it ahead of time and ask us to talk about a specific topic, which is awesome. We love those. But today we did what's called our, uh, I don't know if this is patented or not, but our flying fickle finger of fate, where I just take my finger and swirl it around on the table of contents. And one of our Patreons yells at me to stop and boop, I stopped. And today we stopped on running water. So there the we are. Time, Thank Steve you. was really hoping that it didn't land on metamorphic rocks. <laughs> I, was, I actually have like Bowen's reaction series and metamorphic faces open in front of me just in case. <laughs> so if you want to watch Steve, Steve squirm about metamorphic rocks, you can become a Patreon member and, and say, you can... I want to hear Steve talk about metamorphic rocks for an hour. <laughs> we'll do it. Yeah, we'll do it. But thank you to our Patreon, Michelle, for helping us out this week with picking this topic. So thank you. Thank and you also Patreons out there. If you yeah. if anyone likes to uh, be interested in helping out the podcast with our Patreon site, you can go to patreon.com slash geology flannel cast. Yeah, man. Uh, also, go uh, we have yeah. to give a shout out to our friend who lives in Texas, but is not from Texas. We, we were told that uh, we're to make a point of that. Yeah. And but not from Texas. <laughs> yeah. But resides there. My friend, Carrie. Carrie. Take care. Fan of the podcast. Good fan of the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Friend, so, friend, even friend is, of the podcast. Is Carrie from PA, but she resides is. in Texas? Okay. Yeah. She's, nice. she's from Pottsville. She's, she's from the coal region. Oh, nice. Pottsville. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. She probably got hooked with those, our three part mini series on coal. <laughs> if, if that didn't get you. In the you know, I, I that episode is Jesse's magnum opus. It's been downhill, really. Since. <laughs> <laughs> that was the high water mark, really. Yeah. And let's see, we're about three minutes in, and we're already talking about coal. So there you go. <laughs> Count it. There you go. If you play the uh, the geology flannel cast drinking game, you can take your first <laughs> sip right now. Every time Jesse mentions coal, oh man, I'm liking that. <laughs> sort of like. <laughs> to see how we can market this <laughs> like some sort of geology flannel cast bingo uh-huh. Uh-huh. so all right so we got uh the topic for today is the flying fickle finger of fate has chosen our topic and like um, has told us to talk about running water let me ask so, you quick yeah what are you gonna ask <laughs> if 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 it's between running water and standing water what do you go with what do you mean between? Like, if you have to choose. If we had to pick a topic between running water and well, standing water? Or just in life. Ooh, I'm probably going with running water. Yeah. Standing water is just gross and it stagnant gross. and lots of mosquitoes. Yeah. And, but, yeah. I mean, running water won't will knock sustain. you over. Yeah, but standing water, if it stands too long, won't sustain life. Yeah, it'll probably give you one of those, like, brain-eating amoebas. Yeah. All in it. I'm pretty yeah, sure, kind of have, I'm pretty sure be- you have one of them. <laughs> Did you say lucky? If you're lucky, ah, oh, yeah. oh, lucky! I have love for one of those amoebas. <laughs> yeah. Do all I my sp- thinking. I spent most of my summers in the '80s swimming in Lake Erie, so I'm pretty sure I have one of those. <laughs> it's been, yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, standing water is great if you're like an alligator. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I, uh, it's not standing water. It's just slow moving water. Slow moving. Slow yeah, moving but I'm, water. I'm, a, I, I'm on board too. It's got to be running water. It's got to be running water. Yeah. I just don't even like the term "paludal." 
Uh, <laughs> it is. Whenever I see it, I'm always like, "Poddle, poddle, It just sounds too much like polluting. Yeah. Poodle. Yeah. Well, it sounds like poodle to me. Yeah. It sounds like a a, a, a polluting poodle. A yeah, miniature poodle. Poodle. <laughs> you know, my old dog, Mister Oliver, was part poodle. So was he? Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. No. Yeah, he was. He was a schnoodle. He was part something. I'll tell you part that. Schnauzer. <laughs> he was part. Yeah. All business. <laughs> if business was being mean, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Oliver was very protective of Jesse. Yeah. He Mr. Was. Oliver loved Jesse, but no one not, else. Not, not many other people. I was. Yep. Him and I were quite a team. Pretty sure he snarled at me on several occasions. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. I mean, <laughs> he snarled at me, and I was his favorite. Uh, hey, he's just, uh, all right. Hey. So, so we have this running water on the planet. Water flows downhill. Done. There it is. Uh, so 97.2% of the water on the planet is oceans. Yeah. There's a lot of water you can't drink. Yeah. So that stuff just... That's not pollutable, right? Because I mean, it's still moving. What the ocean? Yeah, yeah, currents. Yeah, it's, it's tides. Broken. Tides come in, tides go out. Nobody knows. Um, unless you listen to our episode. Yeah, let's yeah. listen like two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, the, uh, if you take all of the glaciers and all of the groundwater, that makes that other three percent up. So, glaciers and groundwater make up three percent. Yeah, okay. glaciers is 2.15%, and then uh, groundwater is 0.62%. Wow, so groundwater is a little bit more than half a percent. Yeah, and that what is, is and then, basically everything that every drop of water you drink is most likely coming from groundwater. What about uh, lakes listed on there? Is it like lake, like, like a tenth of a percent or something? Yeah, but my eyes are bad, so I got to bring a book over here. So freshwater lakes are 0.009%. Oh, I was way off. Wow. Sal- saline lakes, inland seas are 0.008%. So think like uh, Great Salt Lake or yeah, um, the Dead, Dead sea. sea. So with the uh, atmosphere okay, so- has 0.001%. I was just about to ask what the, at- that, that's the atmosphere. Right. Yeah. Has a significant amount. Soil moisture is 0.005%. What's the biological percentage? Uh, it doesn't say, but stream channels are 0.0001%. Zero, two zeros, 0.001%. Three zeros. Whoa. Three zeros. Yes. Everything not else tens, is two zeros. Not hundreds, thousands. Yeah. That's no, three that's zeros. What, that's ones. what's in rivers. Ten thousands. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. So yeah. okay, so, so let's let's so you add so you add fresh well, fresh water. What, what was ocean? Oceans were seven ninety seven percent, right? Ninety seven point two. Okay, so oceans. Let's just say ninety to make it okay. Oceans can't can't drink that. So, um, and then glaciers can't drink that. That's about two percent. So yeah. groundwater is like 06 percent. So ninety nine point two. Yeah, all that other stuff: freshwater, saline, soil moisture, atmosphere, and stream channels make up. Uh, a tiny, tiny fraction, like 0.4% or no, not even 0.4%. So it's just, uh, it goes to show you how important, um, fresh water is. Yeah. It's not well. it is. I mean, we already knew it was important, <laughs> but it goes to show you how little fresh water we have on this planet. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. Like I drive by the Delaware river every day on my way to work. It is huge. 
and yeah. especially where you know i'm down in delaware so it's it's you know pretty gosh darn wide and um that's you know, a lot of water and i so like i've driven across the country uh a few times in, in my day and um if if you take like i-80 across um it crosses the mississippi in um iowa minnesota iowa let's say iowa right in iowa and illinois i could looking at a map real real quick really yeah i thought i okay yeah it doesn't matter tell your story (laughs) um and i remember like being like i i mean all right it's a river it's it's not like no i wasn't blown away but I tell you what, then I went down south and you, you see the Mississippi in like Louisiana. Ooh, yeah, it's a big river because it's 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 picked up a lot of, you know, the water by that point that it gets down there right right before it empties out into the ocean. It is really wide and it is it's pretty impressive. And you're like, oh, that's it's also really cool when you're in like New Orleans and uh, like <clears throat> you walk up the levee in the river, like the rivers below you. So like, if you're like in the French quarter, you see the ships coming down and they're like, you just see the tops of them, like over the top of the levee. Like you're, you're basically above where the ship is. It's kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah. So what Jesse's alluding to is the, the drainage basin, basically the, the area of rainwater that it catches towards what we call the headwaters like where the river starts um in the north of the united states is smaller than by the time you get down to the bottom of the united states down at louisiana so by the time you get to louisiana you know you're catching the half the country <laughs> almost <laughs> so uh but you know so as the river collects more and more and more water from more and more and more tributaries the, the river's getting wider and wider and wider and has more and more water in it so these these drainage basins um basically get just it, you're capturing more water yeah that, i mean that's <clears throat> that's your uh what's that called the amount of water you're capturing is there a term for that? There is. Uh, I all I keep thinking of is, is so you have your, um, I guess, watershed, your discharge. I... Well, discharge is the amount of water per meal. Yeah, so you're yeah. increasing your discharge. Yeah. You can tell we're all water people. We yeah. There is a, oh, I just looked up how you can, because uh, we know drinking salt water kills you, right? It's not <laughs> good. But uh, unless it's Gatorade. Oh yeah. Lots of salts and Gatorade. Uh I-90 goes across the Mississippi and Minnesota. Maybe that's on 90. Maybe that's where I must have been on 92. The first time. Uh, thank you, Jess. Uh so would you drink salt water, your kidneys shut down. And the reason, and then you die. And the reason is there the don't you go crazy too? There's something about like the sailors that get stuck like stranded in the ocean. Does it Start going it a, crazy from drinking salt water. Is it a function of them just being 
on a little tiny boat for <laughs> days? Or? I mean, I'm not a psychologist by trade, but <laughs> now I read um, this in a book and it was like an action adventure book. So I don't know if it's actually true, but if you're stuck on a boat and you have some fresh water, I think you can cut it with a little bit of seawater to make it last longer. And, you know, in seawater, there's salt, which is a little bit of electrolytes, which is actually good for you. So I, I'd be interested if, if any of our listeners out there are experts on nutrition, I guess. I don't know. Well, you need electrolytes to live and basically. Right. So um, like if you're stuck on a for your heart you know, to beat, basically, if you're stuck on a uh, marooned, you know, lifeboat and all you have is a. 10 gallons of distilled water. Maybe you could add a little seawater to it. That's what I'm saying to make it last a little longer. Let me, let me tell you this past summer, I read a book about the, the whale ship Essex, which is what, what yeah, you haven't to stop talking about this book. It was, it really did a number on me. Is this what Melville wrote uh, a yeah, movie Dick about? What, okay. Yeah. It's what he based movie Dick on, but like, it gets into like they got stranded, you know, for, uh, you know, four months in a whale boat when the when the whale stove their main ship in. And uh, it sounds awful. Yeah, it doesn't sound like fun. No, being stuck adrift like, no, I don't want to I don't want to drink salt water or become a cannibal. Those are low on my list. Did they become cannibals? Uh, the one boat didn't, the one did Ugh, some yeah. jerks on that one boat. <laughs> yeah. Imagine being like, I should have stayed on the other boat. Yeah. Right. <laughs> did they, did they kill a person and then eat them or they just waited for the person to die? And like, uh, oh, sitting around both a little bit of both. Nice. So the person was on the way out and they just sped it up a little bit. Yeah. They, so they... back to drainage basins. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that took a real turn. I was <laughs> real fast. Discuss cannibalism on this podcast uh, here. But okay, they, so basically, so what the, okay. so the, Mississippi, about the, the Mississippi, the salt, the salt water here. All real quick goes all the way from basically Idaho to Ohio at the top of the nation. So all that water, and then imagine like a V shape going all the way down to New Orleans. That's that's how much water is captured. It goes even further. I mean, like it goes out to the the, the Rockies. Right, Idaho, <laughs> which is in the Rockies. Oh, you said Idaho. I'm sorry. Ida- I'm Idaho sorry. to Ohio. I was thinking Iowa. Never mind. You're Iowa. right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. All right. So salt. Oh, so basically, when your kidneys are doing their thing, kidneys uh, kidneys can only make urine that is less salty than salt water. Therefore. To get rid of all the excess salt taken in by drinking salt water, you have to urinate more water than you drank. And eventually you die of dehydration. Mm. And so, uh, if you've ever seen the movie, was it 137 hours? Is that what it's called? 127 hours? 127 hours. Off? Yeah. yeah. Um, you made him wait an extra 10 hours. <laughs> there's, yeah. a, there's a scene <laughs> where you know he gets stuck and then he goes to the bathroom. And then later on, you realize he wished he would have peed in his water bottle because you, you still have some water in your urine that couldn't actually sustain you. So 
Fun fact. So if you become a diamond Patreon, are you are we gonna are you gonna recreate this experiment, Steve? <laughs> I'll pee in a jar and send it to you. Yes. <laughs> oh nope. Nope. Um but Jesse, back to your cannibalism thing. Do you think they tasted better because they were salty? No. <laughs> but they were just a hard no. <laughs> Believe me, were, I've tried. They were dehydrated and they must have been very chewy perhaps yeah probably yeah very sinewy anyway i don't want to all right yeah i don't want to really i'm gonna have nightmares this is the geology podcast recover the topics that nobody else dares to touch right yeah like cannibalism (laughs) (laughs) all right so um (laughs) so watersheds huh Yeah. yeah so um, I always find it like amazing that any time that uh, like if you look at like the uh, the ultimate like the the whole drainage basin for the um, the Mississippi River, like you could have a drop of water that falls in Denver, right? And ultimately, that's going to flow out into the Mississippi River and flow out into the Gulf of Mexico around New Orleans, right? Or you could have a drop of rain that falls in Pittsburgh, and it's still at the same exit point, and there's a lot of like what Steve was saying. There's a lot of water that gets captured for the for the Mississippi River by this. What is it? Uh, it's it's top. I know it's it's one of the top ten rivers in the world for discharge. Is that what you got those numbers, Steve? No, um, I know number one, Amazon, Amazon, and number- then the Congo River. Is that yep. number two? Yeah, yeah. And then the Ganges Brahmaputra. Okay, that's three. Orinoco is I bet you Mississippi's like number seven. No, it's actually it's lower. Uh, I'm looking Where's at Orinoco. Sorry, uh, Orinoco's in South America. Um, Venezuela. Uh, I'm looking at discharge area, so the the collection basin. Uh, ah, okay. sorry. I average discharge. Amazon, Congo, Ganges, Orinoco, one through four, because they're the biggest areas. They're going to have the most water. No, actually, huh? Mississippi is 12. Mm, Really? Yeah. According to um, this uh, site I'm using, it's, uh, I think it's French, Wikipedia. Sorry, I tried to try to spice it up. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, according to Wikipedia, it's twelve. Yeah, some. I mean, some of these. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, it lists it lists the Ganges Brahmaputra as three, but it also lists the Brahmaputra as nine. Like, pick one. Is it? Well, a- if you look at the discharge of the of the Amazon River, it's like an order. Yeah, it's a huge. magnitude bigger than any other river on earth. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah, I feel like we discussed this. How many how many elephants per minute or something? Yeah, like that? the average discharge of the Amazon is two hundred nine thousand cubic meters per second, which is an unfathomable number. And number two, Congo, the Congo River, um, is forty one thousand. So <laughs> yeah. it's five times less. Five times, yeah. That's that's crazy. Yeah. Oh, so okay, so the Mississippi is the one, two, three, fourth longest river in the world. Yes. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, if you're going by length, um, is it though? Uh the, the website that I'm looking at it says uh, that the length of the Mississippi is basically oh three thousand eight hundred and seventy miles long. That does that include the Missouri or does it? Well, it's a thing as you know. Yeah, I don't know where they got the numbers from. Three thousand eight hundred kilometers. Wait a minute. Yeah, the Missouri is is longer than the Mississippi, right? Okay, yeah. By like but the, the Missouri like really, flows into the Mississippi. Yeah, yeah, but in the the Missouri is just a little tiny bit longer than the Mississippi. Uh, according, it looks like it's according to my source again. This obscure we, French we website <laughs> uh, is one kilometer longer. Which, <laughs> if I was. If I was Mr. Mr. and Mrs. Mississippi, I would I would dig an extra kilometer right up in uh, where where are the headwaters of of the Mississippi? It's the Missouri. (laughs) That's the thing. The Missouri (laughs) runs into the Mississippi. No. Well, yeah, but it starts the upper Mississippi. Is uh, um, it's north of Minneapolis. It's in Minnesota. It's uh, a shoot. Somewhere north. Well, the according, I'm on the USGS website, and they're saying that the Missouri River is 22,540 miles long, and the Mississippi River is 2,340. So basically, the Missouri's 200, uh, yeah, 200 miles longer than the Mississippi. Whoa. But, you know, when you consider it, so to me, you should consider them together because they're, they're combined yeah mm-hmm. the missouri mississippi like when we think of discharge discharge yeah. or drainage basins drainage basins to me like like you were saying chris always fascinate me where i'm like any drop of water like i tell my students like i look at a map and i'm like any drop of water that hits and then i like you know gesture to the a certain area whatever basin i'm talking about <clears throat> i'm like if it doesn't become groundwater, it ends up in that river. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting in that river. Yeah. Um, well, just, just this Saturday, we were, Jesse and I were driving down the Pennsylvania turnpike and there's a sign that says, <laughs> you're now leaving the Chesapeake Bay watershed. And <laughs> it always blows my mind. I'm like, anything on that side of that, that sign is going into the Chesapeake Bay. Anything on this side of the sign is going into the Delaware Bay which is amazing. And then I think who the hell paid for that sign? <laughs> what? What that was, it? so that was paid by the, it's the Chesapeake Bay. Right. The, the restoration, whatever. Yeah. Because of the pollution. Yeah. So they were, they were trying to get people to note. Yes. You're in the Chesapeake Bay watershed. Please stop yeah. polluting. Please stop. <laughs> Your pollution is killing turtles yeah. in Maryland. And our blue uh, crabs have gone away. Yeah. But it's I always, yeah, the Chesapeake Bay, they, they pay for billboards. Delaware Bay, the signs are so tiny. They're like, need to need to up their game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Um, all right. So there we go. Drainage basins, and um we could talk about um, talk about the, the work. Of running water the work of it yeah what does it do for a living uh mostly stream erosion mm. Mm. 
Well, it depends on what side of the channel you're on. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Sometimes it's deposition. <laughs> you um, so see what I did? Let me throw a word out there to you. Saltation. Oh, bouncy, uh, bouncy. Yeah. So this is a word <laughs> I, I didn't hear until grad school. Well, shame on your physical geology teacher. I guess. I don't know. Like, or, or maybe I heard it and forgot it. Yeah. That's probably what it was. That's yeah. More, that's more uh, likely. <laughs> so when, when you have running water, you have, you know, it, the, the water itself can erode stuff, but it can also pick up stuff that can also erode stuff. Uh, you know, think of like air, I guess technically could be an agent of erosion, but then you add sand to it and then all of a sudden you have a sandblaster. So same thing happens with water where you have the water, which could be an agent of erosion, but then within the water, it can actually pick up sediment and that sediment helps, you know, become that more efficient agent of erosion. And saltation is when um, it's not quite enough energy for the grain to be 100% suspended in the water and just, you know, take that boat ride down the river. It'll actually like kind of pick up a pebble knock into another pebble pick up another pebble knock into another pebble ballistic, okay. the ballistic properties thank yeah. you chris i was going to say it, feel free to jump in anytime here buddy <laughs> well, see, it's uh your it's bernoulli's principle too oh yeah yeah oh bernoulli bernoulli is... principle that makes uh makes flight work yeah. well, guess it worked before bernoulli figured it out bernoulli was an italian <laughs> mathematician when was this I don't know. Is this guy a good friend of the podcast? I don't know. I haven't checked the he, official he, list of friends of the he, podcast. I mean, he, he's a new friend of the podcast. A newer friend of the podcast. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's come around. Um, Bernoulli, let's see. If I had to take a guess, and I am just totally guessing here. I have no idea. I don't know when Bernoulli was live. I would say. He, he published six, his book. 17, uh, hyd- 1730s. Oh, nice. Hydrodynamica. He published his book in 1738. Oh, look at that. Within within eight years, I'm impressed. (laughs) That is a sweet name of a book. Yeah. And Bernoulli, guess what Bernoulli's first name is? I I know. Hey, I'm Benny Bernoulli. No. First off, he wasn't Italian. I'm sorry. He wasn't Italian? No. Where is he from? Um, Well, he was... He was uh, he was born um, he was born in the Dutch Republic, but he considered himself Swiss. He he was his family was wow. from Basel, and so he died. I mean, he was Swiss. His family was from Basel. I don't know why he was born in in the wow. Netherlands. Um, but they his whole family Italian in uh, in Switzerland, right? <laughs> yeah, I saw that movie. That was a yeah the 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 I'm. Uh, yeah who are you thinking of this i want to get to the bottom of this what was i thinking of yeah who's the italian you're thinking of i don't know i just bernoulli sound like an italian name it does sound like an italian name but it's, <laughs> his first there's a pasta like bartoli yeah his, his first name was daniel daniel oh yeah, yeah daniel. sorry <laughs> hey uh, danny bernoulli danny no he was swiss so Oh man, now I feel like a horse's batute. <laughs> but, but um, it basically has to do with uh, flow pass and 
creating low pressure zones. Low pressure. Low yeah, pressure. Yeah. 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 He did a lot with yeah, fluid mechanics and, yeah. and high, well, as the book said, hydrodynamics, hydrodynamica. Hydrodynamica. I'm, I'm when I L. Ron Hubbard. It, well, in the spring, when I teach my sedimentology class, I'm going to be like, are you all ready to learn some hydrodynamica? And I expect them to cheer and hoot and no. holler. <laughs> now, it's You're an 8 a.m. class. You're very disappointed come this yeah. next spring. <laughs> it's, it's an 8 a.m. class, so the bar is low. Nice. Uh, I, I may take a day off of work just to come into your class to cheer from the back. <laughs> or just watch Jesse be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. Woo! Just trying to whip people into a frenzy. I love it. Um, yeah. And so sediment can move in a couple other different ways. You can just have it. Uh, the really, really fine stuff can be just suspended in the, um, in the water, just kind of. Yeah. So, uh, what, uh, Yulstrom diagram, is that what I'm thinking of? Um, for, yeah. Uh, when the sediment suspended gets picked up. Yeah. The way I like to think about this is imagine you have a stack of paper plates, uh, you know, and you have a, a slight breeze nothing's going to happen to that stack of paper plates. However, you get a strong enough breeze and then all of a sudden those paper plates become airborne and they just keep on going. And even if the wind dies down a little bit, when you have a single paper plate, it's going to keep on blown away. But if you have a whole stack of paper plates, it takes, it takes a lot of energy to get them up into the air. But then once they're in the air, you don't need as much energy to keep them in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's what I think of like with clay. So, mm, yeah, to get, that's, to get, that's a great, I, I love that. See that that's really good. Um, yeah. yeah. So, uh, what happens is clay, uh, clay sticks together because of a, uh, basically static electricity, electrostatic, uh, uh, force and it, uh, it's electric. It, it's boogie, woogie, woogie. Oh, that's a throwback. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it's it, the basically static electricity makes the the clay particles stick together. Clay is kind of this this platy, tiny, 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 wee little bit, little bitty piece of uh, sediment, less than one two hundred fifty six of a millimeter in diameter, and uh, yeah, it all sticks together. It actually takes more energy to move uh, clay than it does. Jeez, where does it come up? Uh, then, then it's like the clay is like equivalent. Moving the clay is the equivalent of moving uh, gravel. At that point, let me double check that number. But it's uh, it takes a lot. It takes uh, you would think because it's such a small particle that it moves really easily, but it doesn't because it all sticks together. So it kind of acts like a, a larger size particle, kind of like what Steve said with the with the paper plates. You know, the yeah. paper plates are individually, then- yeah, they're. But once you have that high velocity that then gets those paper plates in the air, or those clay particles in, in the water column, they then stay in that water column for a very, very long time. That's why, mm-hmm. I mean, part of that's why the Mississippi looks like, you know, chocolate, chocolate milk, because it has all those clay particles suspended in the water. Yeah. 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 Or, or any, any Creek really after a storm event, like, you notice a, creek in or a crick if you will 
it doesn't if it has auto parts in it. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Very good. Yeah. Uh, You know, just a normal sunny day. It's just clearish water running down. But then after a storm event, it looks like, you know, a bunch of crap suspended in it. And that's that's those clay and silt particles being suspended in the water column. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was off by a little bit. It, uh, the energy it takes to move like your um, really, really fine clay is the equivalent of moving around pebbles. Huh? Uh, what's the size difference between a pebble and gravel? Um, let's see. It is pebbles are. Uh, I have here now one, two, that's sand, three, four. Pebble is an eight, actual five. size, yeah. It's you're looking at like, uh, did you, did you mention why the plates stick together? Static, yeah, electrostatic forces, yeah, man, always causing static. What I say when I'm shouting, shaking my fist at the river, yep. Pebbles Stop go putting from, my stuff on Front Street. Pebbles go from four millimeters to sixty-four millimeters, according to the. You say Uden? I always said the Wentworth scale, but I I think this. Uh, is yeah, Uden. Uden. Uden Wentworth scale. Yeah. Um. So there you go. Um, oh, so another way that sediment can get moved around is just. Uh, the dissolve load. Oh, yeah. yeah. It can actually dissolve minerals. Back to salt Dude. that you drink. If there's too much salt in your water, <laughs> that's right. You can't pee it out fast enough. So you now have this stuff, stuff, we'll call it just this, this sediment load in the water column. Now, if the water keeps moving at a consistent rate, okay, it stays in the water column. It keeps moving. However, uh, you know, the, these rivers don't just travel in a straight line at a constant velocity, you know, like a spherical chicken in a vacuum, like a physics problem or something like that. So at some points, they're going to have to bend and twist and go around stuff. And every time this happens, you're changing the velocity of your river channel. So think about it like at the very center of your river channel is going to be the highest velocity because you have the least resistance. The water is the way i think of it is touching less stuff and then if you go all the way down towards the bottom of the river channel you're you're starting to get dragged from the bottom if you go to the sides of the river channel you're starting to get dragged from the sides um so you're you're, the the column of water in the center is going to be your fastest it's going to be the highest uh potential to carry the most sediment and then as you go out away from the center things start to slow down and when you slow down you're going to lose energy. When you lose energy, you're no longer strong enough to hold up that sediment load. So stuff's going to start dropping out. So that's when you get things like point bars, because if it goes around a curve, the outside of that curve is going to be the faster part. The inside is going to be kind of slow. So it's going to be slow enough where it's actually, I can't hold this anymore. And it just drops out. And then, but then on the outside of the curve, you can actually be kind of speed up and speed up to the point where you actually start eroding away the outside of that curve. Um, 
and then you can actually cut bank. Yeah. So the, the cut bank is where, where you're eroding out, you're cutting into the actual outside of the bend and the point bar is actually that sediment load that can no longer carry is starting to get dropped. Um, and you can imagine like one side's going away while the other side's getting built out. And then that's how you get these beautiful meandering streams. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, oh, I was just going to say like <clears throat> what you pick up from one place, you got to put down somewhere else. Yeah. Sometimes you got to get up to get down. Yeah. It's a, it's a balance. It's all about me. Yeah. George Clinton knew about the balance of life. Yeah. So what you're taking from a cut bank, you, you push downstream and, and build up on a point bar. Yeah. So we, we talked about groins and stuff the other day and yeah. jetties and Chris, just give me a blank stare. Like what? <laughs> we did. <laughs> um, so um, these, let's go back to these meanders and over time, the meanders tend to get more and more exaggerated. And more and more uh, bendy, I guess you could say. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, I will say that. Yeah, because yeah. you think about it, even even if you just have a little perturbation, just a little squiggle, eventually that squiggle is going to get as exa- exaggerated as, as you know as much as it possibly can. Mm-hmm. So you're going to add these squiggles and squiggles and squiggles and get more bendy and bendy and bendy, and it's going to get less, more, more less efficient. <laughs> it's going to get less and less efficient over time. And here's the deal with water. Water is very lazy. Water does not like to do any extra work. It just wants to get by with this, the, the least amount of work possible. Water this is wants na- to get nature in general. Nature yeah. in general. Once the easiest path. Easiest path. We're talking, and this is like the term path of least resistance. We're not joking. When water wants to get to the ocean, it's almost it's going to get to the ocean, but just it doesn't want to have to do any extra work. It's almost like you know, like if you're riding a bike, you know, nobody likes riding a bike up a hill. No one, unless there's something wrong with you, you know, uh, <laughs> or you just like working out, you know. But Ugh, which but there's then, something wrong with you. <laughs> with the, this, <laughs> but who doesn't like dive bombing a hill on a bike? It's just <sighs> like one of the one of the pleasantries in life. Get the wind in your hair and you're just shoom, going down the hill. It's so much fun, right? There's no point in going uphill. Just just go downhill. That's what water does. Water water doesn't like going uphill and it won't, right? Um, and it just wants to get to the get to the ocean as fast as possible. So now what's happening is it's going down the river and it's going down this really, really bendy, inefficient path, right? And it's going, this is stupid. I'm not doing this anymore. This is a waste of everybody's time. And what it'll eventually <laughs> do is it's almost like kind of, if you have this like really, really, really exaggerated bend, it's almost like uh, if you're doing a, uh, if you're going down a mountain, uh, like a windy mountain road, hairpin turn, right? Now, maybe you see a, a sign that says speed limit, 15 miles an hour. It's a really, really bendy turn, right? Really tight turn says speed limit, you know, 15 miles an hour and you're going 70 miles an hour. What's going to happen to your car? You're going to go right through the guardrails and who knows where you're going to end up, right? You're going to just blast straight through. Well, that's what rivers end up doing. Once that, once that path gets so, it gets so 
inefficient that the river just ends up blasting a straight path right through. It basically cuts off that whole bend and goes, nope, now I found a more efficient path. We're going straight through. We're not doing this this ridiculous bendy thing anymore. Uh, And the river kind of straightens itself out. But what's left over now, you get still get this this lower topographic area, and uh, it's kind of a lake. It looks like a, a, a horseshoe, and it's no longer attached to the river. And what do we call these horseshoe lakes? They're called oxbow lakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. horseshoe would have been better. Yeah, <laughs> it made me learn about an oxbow. What's an oxbow? It's like the collar that goes around an ox, like an oh. ox, like pulling a oh, for like, oh. an oxbow. All right. I, you know, I just never, I never thought to ask what an oxbow is. <laughs> How yeah. about that? Hmm. So anyways, if you look at like the Mississippi river around the, um, like along Arkansas, uh, the Arkansas Mississippi uh, border and it is just uh, Oxbow Central. Yeah, you look at some of those historical locations of the Mississippi River. It's really fascinating. Yeah. Well, so if you look at the the boundary, yeah, between um, the uh, Arkansas and Mississippi, for the international listeners out there that don't know what Arkansas and Mississippi is, or states in the United States, and the original boundary for those states was the Mississippi River. Whenever those states became a state, I don't know if the year off the top of my head, but now you look at the boundary and it doesn't follow the Mississippi River anymore. It follows where the Mississippi River was, you know, however many years, 150, 170 years ago, whatever, when that, that, that became states. Uh, but the Mississippi River has changed course substantially in that area over time. And it's just a great example to show just how dynamic rivers are, how dynamic these whole systems are. I mean, geez, you, you know, you might, you know, uh, like Steve just said, he drives every day when he drives to work, he drives right past the Delaware river and, you know, he notes it and whatever, but Steve, have you ever noticed the Delaware river, like changing course during your whole life? No, you didn't. (laughs) But has the Delaware river changed course in the past? Oh, you better believe yes. the Delaware River has changed course <laughs> over the past, right? Thank you, Which, Army Corps of Engineers. Oh, <laughs> what human a human life scan scale respan is just incredibly insignificant when we're talking geologic time, right? Okay. These now, rivers over over geologic time are they're jumping around all over the place. Um, and they're they're just not staying still. And we just have to, you know, when when you look at a uh, river over geologic time, they're they're just they're just moving all over the place. Just when you look at it during like a human time scale, like a human life, yeah, it, maybe it doesn't move for seven in that one tiny little location. It doesn't move for seventy years, but it's going to move eventually. It, these things are always jumping around. So you can see the old the old path of some of these meandering rivers by looking at the, uh, the oxbow lakes and eventually the oxbow lakes will fill up with really, really fine sediment. Um, sometimes they call them mud plugs. We were actually talking about this before the, uh, before the podcast started. And uh, yeah. And if you, even if you just go to Google earth or Google maps, not even Google earth and just, just go to that border between Arkansas and uh, 
um, is it Mississippi? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. So no, no. Well, if you go, Louisiana is a better one. If you look at Louisiana yeah, yeah. And, Mississippi. and Louisiana too. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> the state boundary follows much of the Mississippi River, but you'll find little parts of the state boundary that are cut off by the river from the rest of the state. So you have these little no, these little um, bubbles of of say Mississippi that are completely in Louisiana or Louisiana that are in Mississippi because when the boundary was set 150 years ago, it was on the river and the river has since moved. But also within that, you know, you might see uh, one of these oxbow lakes that that's also contained within that, that shows the movement of the river as it's, meander it's it's slithering like a snake you know if you ever watch a snake move across it moves side to side and that's what these rivers do you know snakes aren't natural there, there's nothing that they don't have legs they don't have arms there's nothing natural about a snake no it's, it just doesn't make any sense how do you about worms Ooh, we we talked about steve and i did some field work this weekend and we talked about worms for a little bit must have been a real exciting uh, day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, again, not natural. They're just Worms. E- okay. eating dirt, pooping out dirt. Yeah. And uh, just a, a sidebar for state lines. Uh, I, I believe it was North Carolina and South Carolina. Oh, um, where North it, Car- no, North Carolina, Virginia. Is that what it was? And yeah, like just recently, like within the last like four years, they realized that the border was drawn long wrong incorrectly oh, maybe no no no. it wasn't there's a i was thinking a different story i'm sorry oh no so like they just recently decided like oh no actually the line should be here and it's not that big of a deal except that there are some businesses and 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 homes and things like that that were like we're paying this state's tax and they actually should have been paying that state's tax and you know like a gas station for instance well, one state has a, a 3% or 3 cent gas tax and the other state has like a 12 cent gas tax. And they're like, oh, well, you've been selling gas for 100 years. So you owe me $27 million. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, there, there's a section of, of Southern Pennsylvania where it's the same thing where the, you know, the Pennsylvania, Maryland border, the, the Mason and Dixon who did the survey um, sort of set these boundaries and there, there's survey stones that are in the ground and it was one way you could sort of tell the, the, the boundary of these things but it, it, you know in Pennsylvania it's off by a, a few feet um, there is a portion in the Pacific Northwest sorry this is a side story Pacific Northwest where so in the Pacific Northwest it was set at the 40th parallel 48 40 or fight but we never fought we actually just set it at the 40th it's whatever the parallel set at they just drew a straight line Mm -hmm. but the earth famously is curved curved. well allegedly (laughs) some people still think it's flat yeah so it was never updated this was set you know 200 years ago or 180 whatever 200 yeah 200 years ago at this point um and they never updated to sort of take in. It was just sort of lazy surveying, but it put this whole segment of the, an international boundary and it, it's, it's a couple hundred meters. And there was actually a famous court case about this a couple of years ago where someone was busted 
with a bunch of weed and they tried to claim like well technically in canada yeah te- well technically i'm you know you can't arrest me under u.s law because i'm not in the u.s and you can't arrest me in the canadian because i'm not in, in canada but ah. it, it shows why we set boundaries back in the day along say waterways because they're easy and they're identifiable right. but they're Jesus not permanent yeah here, here we are saying yeah. they're, you know they're not permanent there's a story of how the North Carolina and Virginia border, uh, when that was being surveyed, there's this little tiny notch. Like just, it's like going like on this like perfectly straight east-west line, and then all of a sudden, like boom, it drops down, drops south a little bit, and then continues along that east-west line. And the story goes that uh, the surveyors had a little too much of Grandpa's cough syrup. Yeah. <laughs> The one day while they were doing this work and uh they were off by a little bit and so that's supposedly why there's that that little little tiny jump along the uh the north carolina virginia border all these fun uh yeah, you know, fun little stories fun yeah. little stories i mean how but, many times um, how many times that probably happened in the course of that survey and every every day after lunch every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah right <laughs> But it goes um, to show you how, how running water and running water in our country is a huge. Well, not just our country. It's all over the world. Well, yeah, yeah. It's a huge yeah. deal. And and it's been separating nations, states, towns, basically I'm, since humans started settling around rivers. <laughs> I mean, part, you know, there, there's a, the, 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 there's a saying like, so when, when when Caesar, um, the, the salad guy, the salad when probably before he invented the salad, he wasn't wow. quite famous yet. But when he was still a general, right, he marched famous famously, uh, depending on you know, how you look at it. Marched back into Italy, declared himself the the ruler, overthrew the republic, right, and became the the emperor. Um, but you know, famously, the, the rule was, you know, as you're out conquering for ancient Rome, you disband your army coming back into, into you know, the, the Roman Republic, into Italy um, for this reason. And the cutoff was always the Rubicon River. And that's, you know, the phrase is like crossing the Rubicon, which means you, you're the point of no return. So he marched his army across the river. Well, for the longest time, you know, we knew there was this river, the Rubicon, but we didn't know where it was at, aside from saying northern Italy, because it it it, it was, you know, it, it's changed course and it changed names as well. Wow. Because I didn't know it, that. Yeah, because it, it wasn't like a major waterway. Okay. So it's, you know, it's it, it was only recently sort of, rediscovered and, and people pieced it together and said, it's probably the, the, you know, the, the it's probably this river here. Like in like Milan, uh, up in the Apennines. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Um, that is a crazy story. Yeah. I mean, if there's any sort of <clears throat> medievalists or, ancient Rome, not medievalists, ancient medievalists. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. So it's in the, it's north of Umbria, north of, it, it, you know, south of the, the Alps, north of the Apennines. Um, yeah. Cause you come out of Gaul and you go into the Roman empire. Yeah. So really interesting that they, because these things move and that's, that's one of the things I always try and tell my students is that, you know, rivers, we think of them as permanent, especially in this day and age, like you drive past the Delaware river every day. It's always there. There it is. Yep. But they're, they're really not. And you, you see it a lot, especially when they're not human, when there's no human intervention. Yes. Well, yeah, but you can't, you can't have things where like base level changes and then all of a sudden you start cutting into bedrock Oh, and then you have those streams that cut into bedrock and they're there for a long time. Yeah. So what is base level base level base? You know how high the, the low end is in your car stereo. It's your base level. Get it. (laughs) <laughs> actually that does pertain to rivers how high your low end is how high your <laughs> low end yeah what your gradient is yeah matter. so yeah. Ba- base level is essentially ocean you know uh mean, well, means mean sea level I, I don't know yeah i mean we can get into semantics here yeah let's okay Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind if i do yeah so, yeah, we always say like, <clears throat> and we think of this with the last ice age, and you can look at a map. If you go on Google, if you're familiar with the Internet, if you go on Google and look at a map of, of say, the east coast of the U.S., which famously is the best coast, um, <clears throat> and you look at, say, off the coast of uh, New York City, if you look at a satellite image, you'll see a distinct sort of dark area coming off the, the shelf there. Mm-hmm. And it's during the last ice age, sea level dropped. And as sea level drops, the river responds by speeding up because the, the gradient to get to the coast, it's trying to make its way to the ocean because the ocean is the low point. And as that's we started it. out by final saying, destination, that's, yeah. that's the river's happy. I, I, I made it's it to the promised land. It's got to get there. And, you know, we started this, you started this by saying water flows downhill. Well, down what happens when there's no more downhill. Yeah. Well, then, then it's all over. That's it. That's, that's it. Game set and match. The river <laughs> doesn't run underneath the ocean. The river yeah. runs into the ocean and dissipates out. Just stops. <laughs> Not quite, but but if you drop sea level, you expose all that shelf, the river flows across the shelf, but because you've altered where that low point is, you've lowered it, the river is going to have more energy to get to that low point. So the more energy means more erosion. And so we say it incises. So you get incision. It cuts down into that rock. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like Steve was saying, if you if you incise, you cut into that rock like a buzzsaw, you you can really channelize that you can create these really stable channels. And then the opposite end, I would say, if you raise sea level, you, you flatten out or you lower that gradient. And so rivers slow down. And so as they slow down, they they basically flood upstream. And so you, you create, you know, you think about, again, we keep using the Delaware because that's where we're at. Uh, 
But if you look at a map of the Delaware Bay and you ask yourself, all right, well, the Delaware River is the semi-major waterway and it's fed by the Schuylkill River, which is probably the greatest river of all time. Um, <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, ah! I'm going to go on that one, but carry on. Oh, I do like this, but grew up on the Schuylkill. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Um, I proposed to Sarah along the Schuylkill. Fun fact. Nice. Wow. Yeah. There you go. All these. I did not know that one. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, I mean, her house is across the street from the Schuylkill. She's literally on it. Uh, anyway, so um, the Delaware, you ask yourself, all right, well, it's a river flowing into the ocean. Why don't you have a delta? And the reason is because sea level is going up and it's flooding up back upstream. And so it creates an estuary. It's almost like the river got drowned. Ah, mm. there it is. So yeah. in a uh, drowned river Valley. So if, if you go to Google earth and click on your uh, satellite layer and then zoom out from any major river system and what Chris is saying at the drowned river, you can kind of see that even, you know, uh, underwater, if you will, it, it's kind of just like a, a, a lightish blue. And then, but then you can see if the ocean were to say drop, you know, 30 feet, you could see where that river actually did in size at the back of back in the last major glaciation, like 18,000 yeah. years ago. So it's pretty cool. So you can see how like, oh, yeah, I can see it now. Like it flooded and then it would just the water level kept rising up. So it, one of the things we see with rivers is that as sea level rises. And so it's a, it's a concept called base level, because as you move inland, you don't talk about sea level, but you talk about base level because it has an effect upstream. And so when sea level goes up, we say base level rises. And so a river responds to this um, through deposition. And if base level drops, it responds by incising. And so there is this, it's, it's not, um, it, it has its detractors because there's a point upstream where you will say like sea level has no effect. So I talked about I-80 crossing the Mississippi River in Iowa. Sea level has zero effect on that. Yeah. Sea level is not. There, there's zero. Or, or sea level would have to rise a, a ton. We wouldn't have to worry about it because yeah. we'd all be dead. Um, yeah. But there is the, the point at which, you know, the, there's sort of an inflection point at which terrestrial processes overtake. And that's what we call the nick point. And the nick point is, is where like sea level stops influencing base. But base level has a huge impact because if sea level rises, you start flooding upstream. And so the river starts flooding more. And if the river floods, and as we talked about earlier, and finds an easier path, it will take that easier path. And so this is one way in which you change the course of a river. This is what we call uh, avulsion, where the river finds a completely new path and, and a new channel. Oh, man. Like, uh we can get this is a whole topic we can get yeah. into. Oh, you just opened up a can of worms throughout this. I did not expect you to go through to avulsion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you look at 
the Mississippi River Delta right now, it's entering the uh, it's entering the the Gulf of Mexico right right at New Orleans, right? Well, what if I told you that the Mississippi River Delta didn't used to always be in that location, and that it 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 bounces around with? I would this call you level. a dirty liar. Well, I would say that you don't know what you're talking about if you call me a dirty liar. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, but it's a, about every two thousand years or so, the Mississippi River evolves. It like jumps jumps course and. The whole entire that whole entire southern part of Louisiana is made of deltaic sediments from the Mississippi River. There is at least half a dozen uh, ancient de- river deltas floating if, around, if not more. There's more it, than half. Yeah, a dozen. if you if you look at if if you go and look at the Mississippi Delta and you look at it, say on the satellite or even on the map, but it's easier on the satellite. You can see if if you look at where it's coming out of New Orleans now. And it's building way out into the Gulf now. And that's partially because of um, human Human. intervention. Yeah. USA. But um, if you look along, if you go west and you look at, say, Grand Isle, um, all the way, you know, over towards where the Atchafalaya goes in into into the the Gulf now, you'll see it has a, a distinct fan shape. And that fan shape, it's like a half circle. It's created by these deltas or these deposits of sediments that as the river is moving back and forth creates this, it's what we call a del- deltaic fan. And, it, and it's just all the, the deposits and they start overlapping at, at points and they build on top of each other. And um, <clears throat> so the one thing I think we should also talk about when we're talking about deltas that sediment has to go somewhere, right? And it's the story of my life—it's—it's got to go somewhere. It's where coming it from go? somewhere, and it's going somewhere. It's Mother Nature. Listen, you got a lot of dirt, right? And I know dirt is not a geologic term, but just <laughs> hang with me for a second. You got a lot of dirt. You got to get rid of. What's the easiest way to get rid of that dirt? You put it in a hole, right? You throw it in that bottomless pit in Springfield, right? You throw it into a bottomless pit, but most of us don't have access to a bottomless pit. So if you have a lot of dirt, you got to get rid of, you just dump it into a hole. All right, cool. There you go. And mother nature does the same thing too. When she's bringing a lot of sediment down a river, she's going to dump that sediment into a hole, into a low lying area of, uh, you know, low bathymetry or low topography, whatever, whatever we're dealing with here. And that hole is called accommodation space sediment accommodation space and what happens is as your delta is building up it's building out into this this hole like it, it needs somewhere to put and then what happens is you get enough sediment that starts building up starts using up that accommodation space and now all of a sudden it's not the lowest point. And Mother Nature is saying this is getting ridiculous now because there's too much sediment piling up now and it's slowing down my river. And we got to find a better place to put the sediment. Everything's getting all clogged up. We don't have any more space to put this sediment. So Mother Nature then will avulse the river. The whole thing will jump ship because we ran out of room. We ran out of accommodation space. And we'll start dumping that sediment somewhere else where there is a hole, where there is, you know, deeper water or yeah, as long as you have space. Yeah, as long as you have water 
the wherever sea level, you know, below the waterline is accommodation. Mm-hmm. Um, as a side story, when I was was I in high school? Right after, maybe in high school. Right after high school, I worked for uh, worked for the housing authority, and <clears throat> I, one of the, it was like a maintenance thing. And one day, one of the bosses was like, "Hey, I'm gonna need you." gonna need you to dig a hole here on the sidewalk to plant a tree i was like great so me and my buddy dug this deep hole it's like three feet deep so it took took a while so we had this big pile of dirt next to us and another boss drove by like supervisor and he's like hey what's that pile of dirt put it in that hole fill that hole in (laughs) classic story and then the other supervisor of course drove by and he's like I told you to dig a hole. Why didn't you dig a hole? And made us dig yeah. it out again. So that's uh sea level going up and down right there. Hey Mo. <laughs> there you go. You're dealing with accommodation. And a, wow, you were those were uh, life lessons right there. I didn't realize it at the time, Jesse. Classics. That's why I got into geology. I was like, hmm. this this reminds me of the Mississippi Delta right here. <laughs> 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 so um, that's just one of the basic fundamentals about how sediment deposition works. It's going to mother nature is going to deposit the stuff in the, in the low lying areas and you run on the low lying areas. She's going to find a new place to deposit that. Yeah, sediment. She's looking for the easiest spot. She's, she's lazy, just like the water. Yeah. That's part of the reason I love <clears throat> the earth sciences so much is because I can relate. I don't want to do, I don't want to do the hard way. I want to, I'm lazy. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Mother nature and I same page, least amount of effort. (laughs) Yeah. Get the job done. Oh, I find a place to drop something. I'm dropping it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) All of the boxes from my recent move are in my garage because there was no steps. (laughs) That's, that's perfect. Water <laughs> yeah. doesn't flow uphill and water yeah. is not bringing sediment uphill. So yeah. what's it going to do? It's going to drop the boxes in the garage. Drop the box. Yeah. <laughs> I am mother nature. Is yeah. what I'm and your garage, <laughs> your garage is the accommodation space. Yes. And as long, as long as the water doesn't rise, I'm good. Well, the water could rise and oh. then maybe the garage... Maybe then the stuff above the steps gets accessible, but then you just bought a brand new house and yeah, you're not going to be happy if the water rises above well, the, the garage. Water, yeah, if the, yeah, that's true. I feel like this analogy is going off the rails. I was going to say the water <laughs> will float the boxes up to like the, water the second floor. <laughs> just grab them out of the second floor window. Let Mother Nature do the work. I'm no physicist, but I don't think that's how sediment works. <laughs> Unless you have a pumice deposit. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Very small rocks. All right. On that note, or let's say there, gentlemen. I think that's uh <laughs> this topic has run its course. We Hi-oh! Accommodation space there was a good one. Oh, nice. <laughs> that was like a Steve level pun there, buddy. <laughs> oh, I, I learned from the best. I'm impressed. Thank uh well, yes, thank you very much. Uh check out our new Instagram. Not new. It's always been there, but we're, we're trying to up our game. Our rejuvenated Instagram. By the way, we never said the word rejuvenation when we talked about um, oh, the rivers. Shoot. Yeah, we should have. Down cutting right. and getting all that energy. It's called rejuvenation. We'll, we'll get to rivers part due at some point. 
Sometimes we'll podcasts on rivers. Like the all the we, podcast we, just we, turn into a river river. We podcast. just did, Chris. <laughs> we'll call it the old man river podcast. I don't know. Ooh, I like it. I'm in. All right. So check out the new Instagram, the new and improved Instagram. Uh, what are we on Instagram? We're just geology flannel cast on Instagram. Uh, well, you really put me on the spot here. I think it's geo flannel cast. No, uh, no. You, you can check us out on Facebook, geology flannel cast. Um, tell, um, tell a friend, you know, it's the time of giving. And the time of giving uh, is to give uh, the gift of of the knowledge of the premier geology podcast. Distribute the knowledge during December. Distribute Ooh. the knowledge during December. In a distributary of a river. Ooh. I like it. Disseminate. Distribute. December. Deliver. Deliver the podcast to a friend this is going on way too long and it's not even funny so <laughs> our, um, speaking of speaking of which we three new instagram posts from our favorite hotspot of well maybe second favorite of hawaii up while we're while we're recording all right well first of all in order for me to really have an informed opinion on this i'm going to need to go to hawaii and iceland and, 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 and any other hotspot, I Yellowstone. guess. Yellowstone. I've been to Yellowstone, so I, I have a perspective Galapagos. on that one. Here, the Galapagos is pretty good. Oh yeah, we go to Galapagos. What uh, what's the one that's uh, Reunion? Reunion. The Azores or Canary? The Canary? No, down. Uh, Reunion is down off of um, Madagascar. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Which we talked, and we I think we talked about that in the Patreon extra. With the the hotspot blobs, yeah, the blobs, yeah, yeah. Blobs. Oh, they're like disconnecting, yeah. Oh, the enormous the, hotspot, yeah, right the there. tree, the mm-hmm. uh, where they're yeah, branching yeah. off of, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're we're doing the wrap up here. What's what do we uh, find us on the internet? If you're familiar, the interwebs, which you probably are, if you're listening to a podcast. Yeah, yeah I mean, go- if you're familiar with Google, you we can be found there. <laughs> You might have to search it three or four times, but we're there. <laughs> no, no, no. You search it once. We will pop up. We we are in the no man's land of page two. <laughs> no, 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 no. We oh, numero uno, baby. All right. Yeah. Geology flannel cast. Not too many people have. Uh... Or you just don't even have to go to Google. Just go to geologyflannelcast.com. Cut out the yeah. middle man. Go right there. Send us an email. Say hi. Tell us who you yeah. are. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And I know, so I know, like we said podcast. it last week, but uh, we had a bunch of listeners pass their PG exam and say oh. thank you to us on yeah in various different ways via social media. So, congratulations to all you uh, newly minted PGs out there! Yeah, congrats! Very, um, it's very hard to achieve. Yeah, l- listen, these two PhDs are like whatever. No, no, it's no. Hard. It's uh, no. Hard. I don't you, have a you PG, were, whatever. You, you on the on, Try PhD. on Saturday, that's what I'm talking and, about. You and Chris were talking about you and another Chris were talking about your PG exam. And I was like, whoa, I would <laughs> yeah. not do well on that. <laughs> uh, well, it's, you know, just like any other exam, you, you tend to remember the ones that you had no idea about all the ones that you were like, oh, yeah, I got this. I got this. I got this. You don't even remember those questions because mm-hmm. they were so easy. You were done. But it's the ones yeah. where you're like, you know, you have a landfill and you need to p- 
put this CHML soil on top of it, how thick does the soil cap need to be? You know what? The best a hundred feet. I said four, three. <laughs> what is it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I got it right. You know, or which got brings it wrong. to my next know. point: the best learning experiences in life are failures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll agree with that. Yeah. Consider me Isaac freaking Newton. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> so, also, if you want to help help out the uh, the podcast, go to. You can go to patreon.com slash geology flannel cast or several different tiers of a membership there. You can come hang out with us while we record the podcast. We got an awesome crew. We, uh, yeah. Or uh, if you happen to be a rich Nigerian prince, you can email Chris directly. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, we got the Patreon or just go to Geology Flannel. Yeah, go to hit us up on geologyflannelcast.com. You can send us an email. Uh, send us some listener questions. Every once in a while, we'll do a, a questioner episode where you play stump the geologist. And, questioner uh, episode? A questioner episode. No. I thought I said questioner. Or I, I could say it now, but it's super late. But uh, you can also check out our sponsor, The Formatting Formula. You can go to formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your word document formatting needs. Mm. See if something was off because those rivers weren't formatted correctly, they no. weren't, they weren't, they weren't. That's, no, yeah. this is a flying pickle finger of fate one. We didn't, ha- we didn't have it formatted. That's a problem. And that's, that's why the rivers deviate. Cause they're not, they have no set course. They have no outline. Yeah. 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 Without an outline, I'm lost. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, Thanks so much, everyone, for listening, and we will catch you guys next week uh, on our winter solstice podcast. Ooh. No, we're going to miss it by one day. We're gonna miss I'm going to talk day. about Stonehenge. Get ready. Winter nice. solstice eve. We'll record it. It'll probably be released on the winter solstice. Actually, it will. It'll be released on the winter solstice, so it'll be yeah. our um, first annual winter solstice podcast. Oh, it's a shame we're not on YouTube anymore because I I do our winter solstice podcast topless. So mm. yeah. it's going to be me beating a drum <laughs> six, <laughs> six hours until sunrise. Get ready. Yes, he's, yes, he's in a cloak dressed as a druid, just <laughs> walking around in this, in his basement without the lights on. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I picture like loud techno music in the background. He's just got some glow sticks on his wrists. Well, either way, and only glow sticks is the only thing he's wearing. <laughs> and that's the last time we were seen <laughs> on the air. Uh, good times. All right, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much. We love you guys. And we'll catch you guys next week with another fun and exciting episode of the premier geology podcast out there known as the Geology Flowercast. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Brush your hair. Bye. Thanks for stopping. Bye.